Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. Hi. What's up, everybody? Hello, hello. Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things. The podcast. Bang, bang. We back motherfucking number 25. 25. Holy smokes, man. So we're, we're what? That's a quarter of a century. Quarter? quarter of a hundred. Not a century, but a hundred episodes. <laughs> To a hundred. Yeah, we'll get there. Get there. <laughs> and, and and the way we release episodes, it'll be probably yeah. two thousand fifty six. We're consistently inconsistent. You can count on that, folks. Oh, you I heard just it put my us. phone on silent. Yeah, I, I got mine on. I, I got mine on silence too. Um, we're gonna try to be better about yeah posting. We've. Pro- I bet if we went back and listened to the episodes, how many times we've probably said that. Okay. Well, what I was gonna say <laughs> was that with the next few episodes, if we feel like we can't get them out quick enough we might end up being bi-weekly because we're not doing that great about being weekly but we really enjoy doing it yeah and we're gonna try really hard but we'll just kind of see where we go from there. in in our defense we did just get through derby season and that's yes. a tough time in louisville it's a busy time for locals additionally Especially, you got some yeah. you got some personal you got some personal work stuff on your yes. end that's that's been jamming us up yes so our, even our podcast room is 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 a little bit uh it is yeah basically my entire family business that i work for is having to move and build a new place to be and we're I'm bringing stuff home not to and... make excuses but we've got a few yeah you know? well and this isn't our job right we both have jobs we do this for fun dude what if it was our job it'd be fucking dope you know how we could make it a job is if motherfuckers we, would rate and subscribe also uh, if we would put out i was episodes. gonna say if we put it out <laughs> weekly <laughs> but no listen please if you like this podcast if you've listened to this podcast a few times please rate and review us wherever you listen yes itunes is still the best place yeah rate review subscribe all of that shit we see all of it we love it we go ape shit Love it. Uh, I love, love all the ham sandwich. Oh my god, it's it's more ham sandwiches Reviews. than I thought we were going to get. So yeah. funny. So go ahead if you don't know that go back go ahead and listen to the episodes and uh, see what that's all about. Yeah, and, but it's, you know, we've been getting we still have been getting some trickling in. Yeah. We're up to like 65 now on iTunes. We've had someone is Facebook. modest, but let's get to 100. What? Well, yeah, I mean, it is, but it's still really cool. Yeah. So It's awesome. Yeah, uh you can follow us on Instagram. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Facebook. Mm-hmm. Tom posts a lot of really fun articles and stuff on Facebook. Mm-hmm. They're that, not always relevant, but it's you know it's nice. Well, yes, it's just, nice. You know, fun stuff and Twitter, mm-hmm. Tumblr. Yeah. What else are we on? Man, Fuck, I, I, th- I think know. that about nails it. You can email us. Oh my gosh! Speaking of which, um, we just got another like fan email oh, man, from someone you know yeah go back with her but Amanda. i don't know yeah we went to we went to school together and she sent the sweetest email super thank sweet you girl. so much yeah i appreciate you man. because she mainly was like yeah tom's my homie but i love shit. andrea's stories <laughs> so thanks girl and i will definitely take your suggestions and get to them at some point those yeah. were uh i won't say what they were but they were, those are rough ones yeah um but yes thank you so if anybody else has any suggestions or feedback or Whatever, corrections man. if we fuck something up because we're Listen, not perfect. we've never got one and i promise we won't i know we fuck some we'll be up. super butthurt personally but we'll no. never yeah fuck yeah I, i'm sensitive bro i'm a delicate little oh. flower man well you can email us at 
We drink and we know things podcast at gmail.com. There it is. Because we check it and we would love... Every day. It's straight up always pulled up on the on the computer that we Even if you just want to say hi or, you know, tell us about an episode you liked or... I yeah, would anything. love, love suggestions. For because sure. Because if you're listening, I want to know what you want to hear about. Same. So let us know. Yeah. I, I have a couple, actually, at this point. You don't have any yet. No. Oh, Tom doesn't have any suggestions, Hit me up, y'all. I look weak over here, bro. But I... Um, but I've been kind of tweaking my content, too, though. Yeah, I've been kind of well, switching yeah. it up a little bit. Yeah. So For hopefully, sure. folks, my stuff will get more relatable. Okay, if you're going to email Jesus. us and you want me to cover it, put Andrea's suggestion in the title so Jesus. Tom won't read it. Oh, I'll still read it. Or put Tom... No, because then it spoils it. Yeah, but it's an email. I fucking read those Oh, things. my God. Or put Tom's suggestion in the title... A title? Mm. What is that called? The subject? Subject Jesus, line. we've gone off the rails, folks. Anyway, what else? We're, I don't know. We try not, we're trying not to do this whole talk for too long in the beginning about us, because y'all are here for the content. Yeah, you don't give a shit. But there was know? something else I was going to say. That Ted Bundy documentary came, or that Ted Bundy movie came out. Oh, yeah. With your boy, Zach Zac Efron's. Efron. Yeah. Is there multiple of them? Zach Efron's. Zach Efron's? Yeah, Zach Efron slaps. I uh, yeah, I'm not even gonna. Yeah, you know. I need to rewatch it because I don't think I like. I didn't like it, but maybe I think I was going at it with the wrong headspace. So I'm gonna try will. again. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. That's it. Hit us up. Subscribe. Yeah. Let's get into this thing. If we think of anything else, yeah, we'll talk about it. So if you're if you're not super familiar with the podcast, the format kind of works like I will tell a story Andrea is not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Andrea is gonna tell a story that I'm not familiar with, or at least we think. That we think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, uh, we're mostly a comedy podcast, but we tell creepy, fucked up stories on yeah. this podcast. We just try to have a good time. We don't. We aren't laughing about the events. Some of the sh- horrible things we're talking about. We're just laughing at each other. But sometimes, if it's super ridiculous, I am in fact laughing about. Yes, but never like at a victim's <laughs> like, sure, sure, sake sure. or anything like yeah. that. So don't come at us. And so every week, one of us goes first. Last week, you went first. Yeah, we've, I don't know. We never really like decided we were going to do this. And I think maybe in the beginning it need, we it, didn't it just, do this. But now we just swap back and forth. He'll go first. He'll go first. It really is just who gets to get drunk while the other person. It's For like real. in what order each of us gets drunk. Because we do oh, that. Yeah. We drink on we this We drink. If you couldn't tell by the fucking and title. If this is your first episode, hi. Weird one. Weird one. Sometimes Tom makes his cocktails. Sure. Sometimes he doesn't because. That shit's expensive. Shit is expensive, bro. And I'm so, so used to working in a restaurant never having to feel the direct footprint of that tonight shit. Tonight, we are not drinking a cocktail. Correct. We are drinking... Uh, we're drinking wine, which we typically drink uh-huh. on this podcast. Rosé. A little Coming bit of, off derby season. A little bit of brosé. I just thought of that. That was Why? an off the... That was a, that was a That was a pun for you. No. Brosé. Why? It doesn't make any sense. Because it's... I'm a... You're a bro? It's a bro. Drinking rosé. Rosé. Okay. Killed the joke. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, we're we strayed a little bit away from our friends. Yeah, we're having a boda box. This is a, we're, we've moved up. You know, we did a live show, so we're we're official. The dogs are barking in the background, but we don't have them in the room, and we have the door shut. But you can probably still hear them. But yes, it's a refreshing rosé. Yeah, and quite. I get to sip on mine while you go first, cause you're first. I am first. And let's just get into this. Oh, thing. also, oh, real Jesus. quick, we're fucking twenty minutes. I'm just oh, kidding. No, we're not. <laughs> I, we won't say anything about it. I'm not going to go into detail, but... Oh, fuck. Endgame. Endgame. And motherfucking Game of Thrones. Avengers. Endgame. Endgame. You guys. Well, a well-done picture. Fucking email us about that, Let's too. talk about you wanna it. You want to talk about it? 
Email us. Man. You want to talk about about Game of the Accursed Man I'm racing there? You know, originally I had always had aspirations <laughs> if I was ever going to get into podcasting that it would be like a nerdcore podcast. Yeah, well, we'll get there. But now we're like a true crime conspiracy podcast. And I'm fucking yeah. into it. Yeah. And also, if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, you get kind of where the name of our show came sure, from. Sure, So email but, us about Game of Thrones too. Final yeah, season. What for up? Sure. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm done. Okay. Let me hear what you gotta say. Hey, hey. The best part is actually that you guys can't see she's dancing while she does that. <sighs> Spoiler. Not to no, I'm just oh, that's just for me, huh? That's yeah, that shit. was just for you. Okay, here we go, motherfuckers. Here we go. Whoa. Well, we're going to be talking about the bizarre mystery of Blair Adams. Ooh. Okay. okay. I, I actually found out this. about this dude from the same source. Oh, it's a dude. It's a dude. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, I assume we would. <laughs> from the same place that I found out about the 300-year-old werewolf killing Great. in episode 23. Okay. It was, it was and, and once I go through and I do a podcast about each one of these, because I probably will, I'll then post the article so nobody know what's coming. Because I'm going to follow, I'm going to probably do all of them. They're all super bizarre. Oh, I see. Okay. What's, oh, well, I guess you don't see the mm. website. Okay. Yeah, it's a mind fuck of a weird story. Do I so get I like a... Like, like a little lead-in. Or like, this is a true crime. This is a I didn't, conspiracy. I this didn't is build a that ghost in. story. Okay. I didn't build that in. That's fine. I will say that it's a little bit of everything. Okay. It's a little bit of everything. Wow. I'm in. I'm actually super excited about this one, man. Cool. Uh, this story begins in the British Columbia in 1996. 1996. Okay. 1996. Okay. It sounds way lamer when it's like more modern days. My guy is Robert Dennis Blair Adams. That is a lot of fucking first names. That was the next thing I had to say. He has a lot of names. He mostly went by Blair because it's obviously the coolest of his four first names. He happened to be named Robert... What was it? Robert Dennis Blair Adams. Robert Dennis Blair. And happened to have the last name... If we say it one more time, we're going to summon him, so we need to be careful. uh, This should be... Also happened to have a last name that is still a first name. Yeah. That is bizarre. Blair's like the only one that doesn't feel like a first name, in my opinion. So he he, he goes by Blair Blair... He was a foreman at a local construction company in Surrey, which is a place in British Columbia, which is Canada. Yeah. Just, you know. Okay. He was well-liked, a good employee, known for a happy disposition. People would speak often to his optimism. Okay, because back in the day, he used to be a little bit of a fuck-around boy. He had a few convictions, uh, drug, possession, assault, but had since kind of turned his life around. He'd been doing good for a few years now he did was, you say what year he was born i didn't and i what was not, the year that you said 1990 this all goes down to 96 i think he's like in his 30s okay so he's he, a middle age so he was like an 80s fuck boy yeah or, yeah well maybe he was, not. He was maybe fucking like around sometime yeah he was a fuck boy though all i right. think but he definitely since got his shit together okay that's the that's the focus here so he yeah he had he also was sober he was going to aa meetings had his stuff together. It was doing really good. Okay. So everybody had this perspective that he was, he had his shit together. So what happens next is kind of why we talk about why he had it together. Okay. In the summer of 1996, things changed. Inexplicably, Blair's demeanor changed. He stopped sleeping. He was having wild mood swings. Stopped going to AA. Okay. So that's a that was a big piece for me when I first read through this and listened to stuff about a- this was a- that he's hey a, a, um is that he stopped going to AA. And that this was is like just Alcoholics it? Anonymous. For sure. We don't know like what it's specific to, to like yeah. Okay. But he had drug charges and stuff in oh, the past, okay. so I'm sure he had a problem with like everything. I don't know. 
He became very paranoid and anxious. People close to him began to worry, obviously. His mom at one point asked what was going on, and he said, I don't think I should tell you about it. So he stopped sleeping. His his normal life seemingly starts to derail. Mm-hmm. Now, this is in a very tight window everything like this happens. This is not a graduation over time of things. This happens quick. Okay. Is okay. he living on his own? Yeah, for sure. he said he didn't want to tell his mom, so I don't know. Maybe yeah. he was... Like, I know that he had... He was close with his mom based on their living. interactions, and he was he had a good group of friends. Okay. You know? Um, none of which are too relevant to this story. I just want to know, because you said that... Um, he didn't want to tell his mom, so I was just wondering if maybe for some reason he was living at home or yeah. something like that. You to know? my knowledge, he was. Had his own home, not living at home, yeah. right? Yes, he has his own place. Okay. He has his own place. Cool. He's doing well. He's a foreman. You know what I mean? He's making good money. Okay. I don't think I should tell you about it. I don't know what a foreman is. It's like a manager, okay. but like on a construction or like industrial gig. Like oh. the foreman's kind of like the guy in I charge. I think of that grill. Yeah. Well, yes, he's a boxer. George, George Foreman. foreman. <laughs> yeah. He's just a badass boxer. Uh, So I got two conflicting dates about when this happened, but either on June 5th or July 5th, because multiple things I looked at had both of those dates as the day that this jumps off. Mm -hmm. But where for the sake of this narrative, we're going to say it was June 5th. He emptied out his bank account and safety deposit box of all of his life savings. Mm, that's never a good sign it was something around six grand in cash jewelry gold and silver it's literally all of his possessions that are worth something Uh you know and he made for the canadian border he's not told anybody what's going on he's happy-go-lucky from the canadian to go into the united states to go into the united states okay yeah Yeah. so he's he's making a beeline to try to go to the border (laughs) He tried to board a ferry that would take him from Victoria, Canada to Seattle. Okay. But he's rattled. He's anxious. And oh when God. he's going through the border, he gets checked out by the, you know, the guards. And they notice that he's packing a bunch of money and acting really fucking weird. Oh, God. So they send him away. They don't let him cross what? the border. Yeah, Just for money? He didn't even have anything illegal. He, well, I'm there, you know, you... There are certain caps of how much money you're allowed to travel with in certain places, you know, like there some, is. Yeah, for sure. Like you can't leave the country with ten grand or something like this. It's a thing. What? But also, he was acting weird as fuck. That's know, the but, highlight of all this. He was acting weird. But being weird isn't illegal. Sure, but being weird with a bunch of money is suspect. Wow. You know? Okay, that's weird. They didn't let him through, so you know he he's being erratic. He's carrying this money, so he returned to Surrey, which is where he's from. The next day, he quit his job without notice. Didn't explain why. He didn't quit his job before he headed for the border. No. He <laughs> hadn't thought to, I guess. Right. So he goes in. He quits. Doesn't even take his... Like, they can't even cut him a check. He's like, no, I'm fucking out. I quit. I can't stay here. And, you know, he had been there for a good long time. He had a good relationship with these people. He'd been doing well. So for him to come in, quit without notice is kind of a what the what the fuck. Yeah. Erratic behavior. Very erratic behavior. His friends and ex-co-workers tried to figure out what was happening to him, and the only detail any of them could get out of him was that he that somebody was out to kill him. What? He says, that's the only thing he'll really say, is that he told his mom at one point, somebody's spreading rumors about me, told his other friends, somebody's trying to kill me. I gotta what get, I gotta fuck? fucking get out of here. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The day after quitting his job, he buys a $1,600 plane ticket to Frankfurt, Germany. The flight was due to take off the next day. Okay. He's got like 24 hours till he's going to go to Germany. Okay. 
And does anybody know that he's doing this? No. Okay. Nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's just like, he's acting fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since he stopped going to AA, I would assume everybody thinks he's falling off. Falling off, off the yeah. wagon. And, yeah. yeah. And what the fuck? Okay. So, that flight was due to take off the next day. He's seemingly running from something or somebody. From the airport, I guess he's still spooked and trying to get the hell out of Canada. He goes directly to a friend's house, which I didn't find their name out. Mm-hmm. And I also had it... Oh, anyway. So, he goes there unannounced and pleads with his friend that he needs to get across the American border because someone was going to kill him if he stayed where he was. So he shows up unannounced. Hey, dude, you got to take me to fucking... He missed his flight? No, the flight's the next morning. Oh. But he goes directly from the Weird. airport. Okay. Like, he's still not sad. Like, tomorrow's too tomorrow's too far away. What the fuck? He's okay. got to get there now. You know what I mean? He's he's scared. Yeah. Something's going on. Ugh. Yeah, the, the friend seems... She's like... Well, I also heard it that it was... Uh, on a podcast I listened to, they quoted her being a man. Well, an article I read quoted it being a woman. Isn't it weird how that kind of stuff gets like yeah, mixed up? Yeah. A lot with it when it comes to like, I'm not saying that this is true crime, but a lot in like the true crime Listen. stuff, they like, it'll be like, they, their friend's name was Carol, but, yeah. like, but actually her I name was Jan. And, and it's now, just like, what the hell? Yeah. And now that I put, I kind of put these things together too, yeah. I can see how it helps to move the narrative along if you don't have all the information. Yeah. But fuck, you know what I'm saying? But fuck. But fuck, hey oh, comment. Uh, <laughs> blow it up in the comments. But fuck. <laughs> Dip a tit in your butt fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> this uh, It's an explicit podcast. I don't feel like I've done enough cursing Jesus. yet this episode. Oh. Oh, so yeah, so I don't know what this human identified themselves as. This was 96, it's 2019 now. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna assign a, a role friend. to that person. We're just gonna say a, a friend. friend. And we don't know the name, so. The friend's like, dude, you're acting fucking weird. Go get some help. Go get some sleep. Go get something. I'm not taking you to America. Mm-hmm. you know america america <laughs> he goes home he waits out the night the next morning he goes to the airport and refunds his ticket what i didn't think you could do that i, I guess in 90s in the 90s yeah who before knows? 9-11 a lot of things were different airports. y'all tell us y'all tell us and from there he goes and he rents a car he fills it up with his gear including all that money that had gotten him turned away on his first try and he makes for the border again okay from the airport in a rented car Okay. So maybe he's got his shit a little bit more together. You know, he looks just like a traveler. He gets through this time. I don't I know. I feel like a rental car is the last thing you want to take, like, across. across well, I guess you know, not. I mean, it's like, you have to return it. I mean, I don't know. So he he gets through. I don't know if security was more chill or whatever, but he gets through. Yeah, maybe he had his Xanax that morning. Maybe. He wasn't I so doubt crazy. it. I doubt it. Right. <laughs> he continues to act a little kooky through the rest of this story. Cool. From there, he drives to an airport in Seattle and buys a ticket to Washington, D.C. So he's left Canada now, went to Seattle to an airport, and and he was at an airport going to Germany. Yeah. Changes his mind, goes to Seattle, and books a flight to D.C. I also find it curious that, like, he was really trying to get into the U.S., and then went to his friends and was still trying to get in the U.S. Yeah. all the while buying something to go to Germany. Right. Well, at the end, we'll talk about a few things that okay. allude to why he might have done some of these weird things. All right. Because it's just a weird road I am trip like, at this point. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? At this yep. point, it's just a weird road trip. So he buys this ticket to D.C. The weird thing about this is he only buys a one-way ticket. And what's weird about that is that one of the detectives that looked into this was like, yo, at the time, a two-way ticket was $340. 
A one-way ticket was $700. What? For apparently. I guess it's just, I, that's what it was. How does that make any sense? I don't know, man, but that's what it was. I don't know if it's, you get you get discounts for bundling, well, who knows? No, I mean, I know, like, so, like, when you go on a cruise, mm-hmm. if you get a room uh, that's, like, for two people, but you are the only one staying in it, they charge you more. Sure. So, I, I don't think and that I, that's but the there, works with But that's the case for the, whatever these tickets, maybe there were ticket options okay. or something, you know? So, my, I mean, he spent double on a one-way ticket. I think he was trying to escape the fuck up out of Canada. Well, clearly. We know that at this point. He gets to D.C. the next morning. It's also like a, a government-centered place to go. Interesting place in to go. Well, we don't United know. States. We don't know why. No, I don't. I have you no know? idea, but I'm just saying like, I don't know. It's just like, for some reason, that sticks out to me. Like, that's where the president is yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So he goes... To D.C. the next morning and immediately... He gets there the next morning and immediately rents another car and hits the road. Still running from who the fuck knows. He heads from there about 500 miles southeast towards Knoxville, Tennessee. No one knows why he went to Knoxville. He knew no one in eastern Tennessee. It's purely random. He was really wanting some live country music. He wanted him some country music and some hot chicken. Baby. Okay. Okay. Eh? Mm-hmm. At around 5.30 p.m. that day, he pulls up to a gas station in Knoxville and fills up his gas. Okay. He goes into the gas station acting really bizarrely and erratic and eventually gets the gumption like he's going in and out of this place, walking around the gas station weirdly, goes up to the clerk and says that his car won't start. And if you're a dude on the run from whatever the fuck that has got him this far and your car dies, can you imagine the freak out level? Yeah, but it's also a rental. Don't they have like a thing where if like your car dies, you could like call a certain service or you automatically get AAA or something? Mm Mm-hmm. They later came to find out that the key he had wasn't the key he had just been using to drive. What? It was the key from the previous rental that he had had to get from seat. To Seattle. Why did he still have that key? No one knows. How did he give the car right. back without hey, the... Hey, oh, man. my God. Hey, man. Because <clears throat> you can normally, like, if it's, you know, like, you go there after hours and then you park the car, you're supposed to deposit the keys. Oh, He's not in a good headspace. You know, he probably... could have deposit or dropped the car off but so kept the key. He's so fucking tweaked out or whatever the fuck that oh he can't figure out that he has two sets of car keys. Wow. So, at this at this point, he's thinking, I need a new key so that I can get on the road. The rental company, you know, it's 5.30 in the evening, and he's driven a far way. Mm-hmm. They're closed. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, you know, the, the affiliate store or whatever. Whatever it's the same rental car company. It wasn't. This was a Camry. Uh, yeah, I can't speak to the company, but this car that he had rented was a Camry, while the other one was not. Oh, no, I was just wondering if it was, like, from the same rental place, because I bet not, because if you return a car but didn't return the key, and then I would think... If he yeah. didn't return it was the also key, the 90s. he would have had, like... It's also the 90s. People coming out, like, cops yeah. coming in for him or something. Well, just the key. I mean, he returned the car. But still the same key. They would have to completely redo... I'm sure it wasn't that big of a deal. I think you're thinking about... You're thinking too much about that. Probably. Yeah. Uh, so he leaves. He leaves the car there. He hitchhikes to... He leaves the car at the gas station. He's gonna get... He, in his mind, he's gonna get a key, put in it a new key tomorrow, and leave. And get back on the road. All right. He hitchhiked to a nearby hotel where he would wait out the night and return for the car the next day. When he gets to the hotel, he continues to act like an absolute weirdo. He goes in and out of the hotel more like five times over the course of an hour. 
in and out, in and out. Who, in the, and the clerk out. saying there's this or something. There's actually security footage oh, okay. of this, and I was gonna try to put it on the blog for this week's episode yeah. because they have it. Oh yeah, it's weird. I watch it. It's super. I mean, it's it's over the course of an hour, so it doesn't really look that serious. Mm-hmm. But it's still, you know, that's something that I wish that with it sucks with a podcast when you like have really intense video. Yeah, there you just have to be like just go just go look at it. it. Yeah. yeah, which I guess what would they Google if somebody wanted to look at it? Uh, you could just you could literally just Google his name Blair Adams and you could find it. When he finally does book a room, the hotel the hotel clerk, a one Tika Hartsville, noted that he was acting hella paranoid. Here's what she said. Okay, wait, sorry. When you said he was going in and out of the hotel, that was before he had a room. Yeah. <gasps> That's really weird. Yeah, it's that super makes weird. that makes it way weirder. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He he oh, hadn't booked he had, a room yet. I thought he had He's a room. He's going in and out like seemingly. Am I gonna, am get, I gonna get a get room? room? Am I gonna uh, fucking run what am i gonna do that's weird this is what she said the best way to describe hey Mm -hmm. the best way to describe him would be paranoid he was just very nervous agitated expecting someone to come in on him even though there wasn't anybody there i don't know who he was looking for but he was waiting for somebody to walk in for him weird at 7 37 p.m he gets his hotel room key pockets it walks out of the lobby and that's the last time anybody sees Blair Adams alive. What? Yeah. There's more. Okay. The next morning, it's about 12 hours later, some workers on their way to work discovered his body in a parking <gasps> lot near a construction site half a mile away from the hotel where he had just booked his room. Oh, what? Somebody was after him! <laughs> hey, man. So, Lieutenant Jones, who was a sheriff with the Knox County Sheriff's Department, had He's this, in Tennessee still, right? Had, yes, had this to say. Okay. His pants were removed in a way not like someone would take their own pants off, but in a way what? that someone else would remove your pants from you. You know, but like, like... were they still on his body? They were, like, pulled down. That's we'll a get really into, weird on, statement. Hold on, okay. <laughs> hold on. Reserve... Hold your statement. Nobody please. knows how to take my own pants off. <laughs> You're using too many napkins. <laughs> oh, God. His socks were turned inside out, his shoes were off, and his shirt was ripped open. Oh. That's what, that's what, that was uh, the, the okay. sheriff's statement. But he about had, his like, underwear device. on still? Uh, no, everything was pulled down. So he was, like, essentially naked. Yep, ass out. Yeah. Or dick out. Which way, I don't know which way he was laying. Yeah, it, I, from what I got and gathered, he was on his back. But yeah, he's butt ass naked. Essentially, his shirt's ripped open, his pants are pulled down, his socks are pulled out from the inside. Weird. One of his shoes was under his head, almost like a pillow. What? That he wore. Like a what? Like a pillow. A pillow? 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 A pillow? Don't fucking at me, dog. <laughs> Scattered around all of his body was about $4,000 in cash. What the fuck? It was American, Canadian, and German currencies. Near his body was a fanny pack. Full of gold and jewels and all that stuff from his safety deposit box. What the fuck? Also, the key to the rental, the one he had claimed he didn't have at the gas station, was also found close to his body. So it had been in his pockets or something the whole time, and he'd been too stressed out or whatever to fucking realize it. His body was riddled with cuts and bruises. (gasps) The autopsy revealed that the cause of death had in fact been a blow to his abdomen that actually ruptured his fucking stomach. Fucking... Um, what is his name? The uh, Houdini. Houdini. He had appendicitis. I know, but, but yeah, still, still, it's kind of similar. Could have been a punch, a blunt a weapon. A ruptured his stomach. It hit him so hard it fucking ruptured his guts. Yeah, 
I can only imagine that's fatal. A car. A car bumper is another theory. I would say a car. It was a significant hit. We're gone. But that didn't make his clothes fly off. <laughs> it hit him so dumb hard, baby. It done knocked his pants off. Aww. Oh, poor sweet boy. Hey, he's dead. He is dead. Very dead. Oh my god. He also had a gash like on his forehead that could have come from a crowbar or something. So they assume that's kind of there was like a blunt. Or force getting hit weapon. by a car in the stomach or and like car. hitting the fucking. The autopsy revealed that it was a violent and drawn out murder. Ugh. It's pretty accepted that they fought for a while before Blair went down. His hands and arms were all fucked up like he'd been defending himself. He also had tufts of his hair ripped from his head. Oh! So it's a violent struggle, whatever is happening. Uh Uh-huh. There was also evidence from... Now, here we go. There was also evidence from the autopsy that he had been sexually assaulted. Oh, no! However, there was no... There was... They did not have any DNA... From the injuries sustained in that sexual assault. So there's no semen, but that doesn't mean that right. there wasn't... Um... That Well, that kind of led them to think that it might have happened earlier than the night he was murdered. They don't know that the sexual assault happened. Correct. Like, he had been sexually there's assaulted? There's evidence that he had been assaulted, but they couldn't really pinpoint when, if that was if it was the same Whoa. time. Because there was no DNA, there was nothing. Yeah, but I mean, you can be sexually assaulted without sure. DNA sure. being left. Yeah. And there's, I mean, condoms, whatever. And that's kind of one of the things I think might have happened, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Oh my God. The investigators did find one singular long strand of hair in Blair's hands. With, I'm sorry, with all of that fucking struggle, yeah. you're not telling me there wasn't shit under his fingernails? Right. And like... Not that they detected. No. Okay. So there's one, a hair. One hair. And that's long the only... hair? Long hair. Yeah. Okay. And that's the only piece of evidence that they got. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So as I said, up to this point in my head... I had... And they didn't... I'm sorry. I'm, like, fucking riddled in my brain with questions right now. Like, whoever did this didn't even fucking rob him. Didn't even rob him. And there was thousands. Even if you weren't interested in robbing somebody, if you kill somebody and they got thousands of dollars on them, I'm gonna take it. And jewelry and gold and... Everything. Yeah. Had no interest in his money. Okay. And... This is a total... This seems like a crime of passion. Man. You but know, like we can get into theories and stuff when okay, we kind of get right, through. There's on. only a little bit more to go, sorry, and then we I'm, can kind of talk about sorry, it. Sorry, I'm just like my. I'm like, but isn't that what crazy? Just isn't that nuts? Just up so to this far, point. yeah. Up to this point in my head, I assumed he had had a relapse and he was just a dude on the run from his demons or whatever. But then when the toxicology report came back clean, no drugs or alcohol was in his system. Oh my god! So at least in the immediate time before his death, he was sober. Mm-hmm. You know, within. Yeah. A couple of days, you know, because, I mean, some of that shit will go through your system quick. Yeah. But some of that shit lingers, you like know. Like alcohol. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. So the minute, minute that I, and. He still could have been using and like, his, like, his, like, weird, uh, what, stuff was, like, withdrawals. Exactly. Again or something. Exactly. But. And then when I saw, you know, because originally when I saw he had stopped going to AA, I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he's fucking up. But he wasn't. Seemingly, that wasn't the cause. More maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. From this point, the police retraced Blair's bizarre travels from Canada to Knoxville and found themselves just baffled. They had, they got nothing. Detective Perry of the Knox County Sheriff's said the following, We cannot come up with a motive for this man to be dead. We can't come up for a reason for him to be here. We can't come up with a reason for him to leave Canada. No one knew he was going to take this trip. Then local Sheriff Lieutenant Jones says, Every aspect of this case is mysterious. There is no logical explanation for anything that he did. We can't say for a fact that this is why he did... Oh, oh, sorry. 
we can't say for a fact this is why he did that, as there is no explanation. Why he left? Yeah, why he why any of it happened. And like, there's no way it was self-inflicted, right? Correct. No okay. way. He also went on to say, it's the most interesting and strangest case in my entire 38-year career. Woof. To this day, the case is still a cold one. We all have no fucking idea what was happening. Like, what the fuck? Where he was, what the move was, there's nothing. There's no anything from here. There's just theories from here. Did he have, I don't remember if he said, I don't think you said this at all, but like, did he have a significant other? That's a great fucking question. Okay. So he's a construction worker. Okay. And had gone to Germany to build like a retirement center with his company. Met a woman and they began a relationship. Uh Uh-huh. And so one theory states that he, okay, I'm just going to read it. Okay, well, I guess I prompted that a little bit. Yeah. Um, he was going, he had this German girlfriend who I don't have her name. Like people or, knew that he had this girlfriend? Like it was like. His mom, some people knew, yeah. Uh-huh. But and it, it was current. Like, like they were still yeah. a thing. But it wasn't like, you know, they're not getting well, married or anything. You long, know, they just. Very long distance. Yes. But. And yeah. so he had told her, apparently, and this is all kind the of girlfriend? hearsay. Yeah. That. He, there were some people he had offended in Germany and they had returned to Canada to kill him. What? And he was fleeing them. What? That's what, that's what, there's a little bit of speculation that that's one of the things. Okay. There's another thing. So yeah, he had this girlfriend, but she acknowledges being with him and that he was a great guy, Mm -hmm. but had no idea he was coming. Okay. And he had told people, and, and, and as a side, this took place in six days. He went from being cool dude to dead in six days. Holy fuck. He also fled Canada saying, I think somebody's trying to fucking kill me. Something was going on. And then some, and then he fucking got killed. Yeah. Now we can unbox the rest of this. His mom claimed awareness that he was in a homosexual relationship with his roommate. Okay. I was also going to say maybe it wasn't sexual assault. Maybe he was like, yeah, yeah, maybe he, you know. Yeah. Or bisexual or whatever, right. and he did have... Yeah. So he had a roommate. Yeah, so he, I guess he had an apartment, he had something, but had he a had roommate. a roommate. He and didn't the, live on his, his own. His mom always said they were acting like really... They were acting like they were in a relationship, and he had physical evidence that he had... Yeah. So it might not have even been assault. Yeah. Well, I mean, typically I think it's, like, it's different, because, like... I, I, I don't know enough to speak to like that. Like, if I'm a woman saying, is like, raped, yeah. it's gonna show sexual assault even if that woman has had sex yeah so i don't know how that i don't know yeah same i'm sure there's like violence yeah you know but i mean there is and all of this that i've heard is like this is just stuff that i heard Uh this is not anything that's like official there was a truck stop close to where he was headed to and there were known to be sex workers operating there Mm -hmm. so there's a thought that he potentially had gotten a male sex worker Uh they had gotten into a disagreement Oh, no. There's a thought that he had gotten a female prostitute because a dude apparently across the street had heard somebody screaming at like 3 a.m., like a woman scream, and there's a long (sighs) strand of hair in his hand. Yeah, I was wondering, I was going to ask you about the hair. Nobody knows, they never figured out who it was or anything. And there's no other DNA. That's nothing, buddy. I have a feeling they did not They don't think, I don't think they did their due diligence. DNA. Well, think about the fucking red tape from a crime that takes, you know, a guy from Canada in Knoxville. And, you know, how much work is Knoxville going to do? I'm not hating on Knoxville, but... 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a bizarre case. Well, I mean, they should treat it like it doesn't matter if they're a citizen sure. or not. They sure. should treat it just like any other crime Fucking scene. red tape, though, bro. Paperwork's a And, bitch. like, the fact that, like, he was found with all that stuff around him. Like, the money hadn't, like, blown away. Right. Was it, yeah. like, in stacks or I something? can't speak to that, like, yeah. that is so bizarre. Imagine being the people that found him. Or even, yeah. Additionally, there's... You know, so there's a theory that he had gotten a female sex worker uh-huh. and maybe perhaps the pimp had stepped in and kicked his ass. But C-S. with all that erratic behavior and him trying, why would he just then randomly get a sex worker when right. he's, when he there's is, also, there's also you theories know, trying that he to had, get a new key and shit. That he had suffered a psychotic break. Yeah, and all that other stuff leading up to it. Just, you know. So that's it? We have nothing else. We know nothing a, else. There's a theory he might have suffered a mental break not been himself, exposed himself to someone, and then being like, what the fuck, dude? Or maybe, maybe he was, like, walking down the, the road, remember? Because mm-hmm. he walked, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he left, he got to the hotel, and then never stayed in the room. Right, but left. I'm saying, what if he was walking, and in his weird, psychotic break state, he fucking now, got I, hit by a car? Well, with his ass out? Maybe he was, like, peeing? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's a lot to figure out. But I'm just out. saying, it yeah. seems like he got hit by a car. He got fucked. He was in a battle. Yeah. Like, there there was other... It wasn't just like, oop. That is so fucking weird. Yeah. There was a dude, a, a detective that also worked on the case, that asserted that the lack of evidence means he wasn't killed there. He was left oh, there. Oh, and just dumped. Killed in a vehicle, dumped, left there. No one probably will ever know. And that is the mysterious unsolved murder of Blair Adams. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Now I want to watch the unsolved mystery. I know. It's it's like just up on YouTube. I'll probably just throw it on the blog. Weird. Yeah, I thought that was... I actually was going to do a whole another one and started reading about that this morning. And I was like, fuck, that would be fun. Do you know how old he was when he died? No, but I do know that... I mean, this happened in 96. It was 23, 24 years ago that this happened. 22, 23. And he was older then. He was in his 30s, yeah. Oh my god, that's awful. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's my jam right there. That's the that's my pod. Well, now I want to like go down a fucking mystery hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unsolved mysteries. Unsolved mysteries. Wow. If anybody listening knows anything else, yeah. anything else that we didn't touch on or or Tom didn't touch on, uh, yes, fucking I did. email us. That's. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, if if anybody knows any other details that you miss or whatever. There aren't many, man. That's wild. Yeah. Just his death scene alone, on top of the fact he was claiming someone's trying to kill him. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know much about, like, private assassins and shit, but you probably have to be pretty good at what you do to have followed him all the way there. Right. He was acting wild as fuck. And kept changing up his paths and shit, too. Seemingly like he had evidence, like he knew they were following him. Yeah. You know? Holy fork. Either way, he was murdered. He called it. Well, that's sad. That is sad. But good job. Thanks, man. Telling that story. Yeah, it was a dark one, but yeah. Yeah, not fun. Uh, I find myself having a good time with these kind of stories, so I, I feel like I'll do more of someone's them. Someone's getting into true crime. Shut up. <laughs> Mine is a little bit different than what I normally do, be- but not. <laughs> Just less people are going to get beheaded this episode. Um, there's going to be two stories in oh. this one story. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's really all I'm going to say about it. Mm. This is a story of two brothers 
that it ended up with two very different stories. Okay. Of their life. This imagined, imagined life. life? Imagined oh, life, yeah. No, no. Which is a really great podcast. If you've never listened to it, go listen to it. Fucking baller Like, podcast. they need our fucking Yeah. Listen to our podcast. Fuck them. Piadcast. Piadcast. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about this Stainer family. I'm mainly going to be focusing on the two people in this family. In this family. <laughs> two people in this family, Stephen and Carrie. Okay? Okay. Stephen is the one I'm going to start with. Stephen Stainer was the third of five children born to Delbert Stainer, mm-hmm. Stainer which is such a weird name. Delbert Stainer? Delbert Stainer. I wonder where that's from. That's his dad and his mother, Kay Stainer. And he had three sisters and his older brother, Carrie. His sisters were Cynthia, Corey, and I could not find the third sister's name. So Damn. maybe she doesn't want to be recognized. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot to uncover right now. Okay. Stephen Gregory Stainer was born April 18th, 1965. Okay. So we're going back. Okay. We're in the 60s. We're in the 60s. He was a happy child. His parents were said to be really strict. Nothing major. Like, they weren't abused. They had a good childhood. But they wanted their children to, you know, follow rules. And if they didn't, they would be scolded. And I have read maybe possibly like spanked, Ooh. you know. But I mean, that's 60s. pretty common, yeah. 60s. I got my ass whooped a bunch of times. Uh, and you weren't even born in the 60s. <laughs> Not even close. Their mother was said to be a mother that loved their children, but she was pretty cold in the way of affection. She wasn't mm. like that overly affectionate. And the father, I guess, seemed to be a little bit more of the affectionate, caring one. There was like one instance that's mentioned a lot with a lot of the research I did because I did have to do a lot of research on this one. Yeah. Um, it was not, this is not a story that I knew about. These stories are not, I didn't know about these at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Found it through, I don't even remember. But anyway, there's like a, an instance that's mentioned that one day when Stephen was supposed to come straight home from school that he didn't and he was found playing alone and his father was like super fucking pissed mm-hmm. and was like you don't ever do that again like you're gonna be punished and in some articles it says that like he did he spanked him on this instance mm-hmm. and then later on he says like no i just said that i would spank him if he did that again and didn't listen and okay you know follow the rules they were strict follow the rules a lot of kids mm-hmm. i can only you know that's five kids i yeah. mean you it's gotta have of, some rules it's a lot of ninos Okay, so on December 4th, 1972, okay. in, I have no idea how you say this, I think it's Merced, it's M-E-R-C-E-D, California. Okay. This is where they are. Seven-year-old Steven was walking home from school, as he always did. Every time. He always walked home from school. And he was approached by two men in a car that said he was, that they were handing out religious pamphlets and basically soliciting for charity donations. These men were Irvin, Edward Murphy, and Kenneth Parnell. Am I supposed to not like these guys, probably? We'll get there. Irvin worked for Kenneth, kind of, doing, like, odd jobs here and there. And he was said to be a trusting, naive, simple-minded man. I've also seen that maybe he had, like, some mental disabilities. Ah, shit. Uh, Kenneth Parnell said that to Stephen, he said that he was a minister— and asked Stephen if he or his mother would like to donate some things to them for this, you know, 
charity. charity fucking church whatever Stephen was like yeah i think i think my mom would like to donate some stuff sure because they were a religious family sure. too yeah. and with that reply the men told him that to go ahead and get in the car and they would go ahead and give him a ride home oh what like, could go wrong we'll go ahead and take you you know and and then we'll <clears> pick <throat> the stuff up from your house sure Stephen initially declined also i think thinking about the time when he came home late like no, I need to like be. I gotta get home. Like yeah, I, I, don't want, I don't want. I don't want to piss my dad off again, you know. And he's like, "No, my house is right there. I'm good." And the men continued to insist on the ride. Like, no, well, it's you know cold. Come on. I think it was like wintery at this point. They're like, "Come on." Well, I guess it's California. It couldn't be that wintery. But they were like, "Get in the car. We'll take you home." Sure. So seven year old Stephen got in the back of the car. Fuck. They started to drive towards his house. But just as quickly as they approached his street, they continued on and passed it up. Oh, no. This obviously alarmed Stephen. And he Stephen. said, you know, you, you passed up my house. Where are we going? To which Kenneth said, oh, it's nice out. We're just like, we're just going to go for a drive before we take you home. It's fine. Oh, no. How long do they go driving for? Parnell then drove a confused stainer to his cabin in nearby Kathy's Valley instead of taking him home. He takes him out to his cabin. Okay. He's telling him that he's got toys there and he's going to go let him play and blah, blah, blah. And Steven's like, eh, I don't want the heck. Yeah. You know, this is weird. You completely have changed what we were doing, where we were going. Weirdly enough, the place where Kenneth took Steven was literally just a couple hundred feet from his actual grandfather's house. Oh, okay. So maybe his grandfather will find him. But Stephen didn't have, he knew who his grandfather was to the point where like they would recognize each other, but he didn't know where his house was. He didn't know what his Uh, house looked like and they didn't have a relationship like that. I have a feeling things are going to get dark, man. Yeah, it's about to take a really bad turn. So Kenneth keeps... Give me some more alliteration. Huh? Oh. (laughs) Kangaroos. Kenneth keeps Stephen there and tells him that... You know, his parent. he called his parents and they said that he could stay the night. What and the fuck? he's just kind of like, what the fuck? You know, it's the 60s and he doesn't want to, like, go against adult authority, sure. you know. And so he is like, I am guess I'm staying the night. Kenneth molested Stainer the, that first night. Oh, no. And he then obviously kept him. For multiple nights, uh-huh. saying, "Well, no, your parents said you could still stay here. It's fine." After having molested him, and he ended up begin he began raping him at about thirteen days later on December seventeenth, nineteen seventy two. Fuck. Stephen kept telling his or kept telling Kenneth that he wanted to go home, and after many times of doing that, Kenneth told Stephen that he had been granted legal custody of him. And that um, his parents could not afford to have that many children, and they didn't want him anymore. What? So they're like, he was like... What a sadistic fuck. No, actually, you know... This is your life now. Yeah. So he uh, even, after a, some time... I hope this dude gets fucking after murdered. After a little... I might have been like a week, two weeks or something of him being there. Kenneth went to the... Came, well, went out and came back and said, Oh, I went to the courthouse. I've got legal document. Like, you're mine now. You gotta start calling me dad. I'm your dad. You're not going home. What? Get the over fuck? it. Fuck. What is his parents doing? 
Okay, so I don't I mean, really. I figure you're gonna get to it, but like, well, there's so much that I don't even really go into them looking for him. Yeah, do they? They go, do. They do. Oh yeah. God, yes. Okay. They're yeah. They're they're so distraught. His father particularly is just like in shambles. The family used to take like camping trips, and after this, it was said that there was no more camping trips, and like. All they ever did was like, we're going to get in the car and go look for Steven. We're going to get in the car and go look for Steven. They didn't go on these camping trips anymore. The family really kind of fell apart. And the, they were still together. Yeah. But there was no like, it was just all about let's find Steven. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I, I fucking get. did it. Yeah. I mean, the loss of a so, kid. Jesus. Jumping forward, Steven would end up staying with Kenneth for seven years. Oh, God damn it. So he's like 14. This isn't the worst of the fucking story. Oh, good. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like this is just the appetizer. It kind of is. Great. Kenneth changed his name. He told him after he said he, he was his new dad that he would be, be going, that BB, that he'd be going by Dennis Gregory Parnell, which is so weird because he, because he kept his real middle name ah. and his real birthday. So he was now going by Dennis and he, actually over this time dominated just really took control of steven and and really made him believe this story that his parents didn't want him and that you know he was his new dad but then yeah he's also molesting him and raping him um this sick fuck which also think about the fact that he went missing and he was also initially living so close to his so close, grandfather. Yeah. So they moved, I guess, at some point? They frequently moved around California. to the, Actually, they moved about 12 times over the course of wow. these. Wow, that's almost twice a year. Years that yeah. he had him there. He actually allowed Stephen to begin drinking at a young age and smoking and just kind of let him do what he wanted to do in that sense of like, giving him i don't know giving him something in return for did he go to school yes he actually enrolled him in numerous schools and he was going to different schools as this dennis person oh this poor kid man yeah just living this weird life that he didn't understand you know it's just i mean he was seven Kenneth worked a lot of jobs and bounced around from job to job. And some of them even required a lot of travel. And he would leave Stephen unguarded. and Just had him. Just dominated. Yeah. He wouldn't even. He he was to this point where he didn't try to leave. So actually at one point in time when he was, you know, in this house. In one of these 12 houses. When he was, yeah. Captain? Captain when he was <laughs> when he was held captive, there it is. There was a period of eighteen months. A woman named Barbara Mathis lived with them, and according to Stephen, um, she also raped him on nine separate occasions at the age of nine. And in 1975, Kenneth actually tried to get Barbara to go lure another young boy Jesus. into his car. But it was unsuccessful, and this uh, fucking Barbara claimed that she was unaware that Dennis, you know, would had been kidnapped, whatever. Which, I mean, I guess she wouldn't really know. Sure. I don't know about him. So, Kenneth also 
was molesting some of Steven's friends. And like his school friends, like his new yeah, school friends, like where he bounced around when he did have friends and he would let the, yeah. he would let him have friends come over so he could fuck and with at them. one point, Steven, dude, I just hope this dude gets fucking and it wa- killed, rocked. Okay. Bro. At one point, Steven even opened up to one of his friends whom Kenneth had also tried to make a pass on Jesus. and was like, yo, your dad, like try to make a pass on me. And Steven was like, okay, well don't. Please don't tell yeah. anybody, but he's been, he always does, th- you know, he he does this stuff to me. Jesus. Well, that kid went to his mom mm-hmm. and said, he told, Stephen told me this about his dad. The police were actually called. Stop. Went out there. Stop. And he played the whole uh, religious role again and just talked his way out of it. It was like, those kids had a disagreement with me. They don't like me. Whatever. No. I what? never did any of that. So as Steven started to enter puberty, Kenneth didn't want him anymore. He was over it. He was like, you're not that innocent child that I want to molest any fucking more, which is so fucked up. So he started to look for a younger child to kidnap because he wanted somebody else to kind of take over that role. He kept telling Steven that he, he wanted him to help him get another person, but Steven was like, I'm not gonna do that. Because yeah. I, you know, he's still like in his head, like, I don't want somebody else to be going through this. Yeah. But in the same sense, like, doesn't have the wherewithal to like leave or get out because he's in this week. So, so fucking yeah. insane. And he even said, like, if you make me do this, I will intentionally sabotage you. And you, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So Kenneth actually gets one of Steven's friends. Sean Poorman to help him kidnap what a five-year-old boy named Timothy White. He offers him drugs and cash to help him kidnap another boy. Dirty fucking piece so, of shit. Oh man, mm-hmm. this is fucked. Boy, almost a girl. <laughs> I don't even. I haven't even gotten to the worst part. So on February fourteenth, nineteen eighty, Kenneth and Stephen's friend kidnapped this five-year-old timothy white and they take him back home where steven is and it's valentine's day february 14th and little uh timothy is literally walking home with his lunch pail and his valentine's day cards oh buddy and he gets there and kenneth says to steven happy valentine's day here's your new little brother they also dye his hair and change his clothes and all this to, you know, make him not look, you know, as he was kidnapped. Steven is like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not having this. Good. I went through this and I'm not going to let this little five-year-old go through this. So on March 1st, 1980, which was a couple weeks after this little boy was kidnapped, Kenneth was away at his night security job that he was doing. And Steven was like, we're getting the fuck out. So he takes this little fucking sweet baby boy and he's like, we're going, we're going to hitchhike. They they hitchhike. So he can't find Timothy's house because this little boy's five Five years years old. old. And so after he's like been walking and searching, they're like, he's like, I'm just going to take you to the police station. So he takes him to the police station. He's like, just go in. He's not even trying to help himself. He's like, just go in and get help. 
The little boy is like distraught and runs out of the police station where he's chased by another, by a cop. He's like, why is this little kid coming here in the middle of the night? Runs out, sees him, sees uh, Steven and is like, wait, whoa, come on. So they're immediately like, what's going on? Who are you? Whatever. And they're like, he tells them his name. His real name? Well, the the little, the Timothy does. And they're like, fuck, this is a missing kid. And then they're like, well, who are you? And he says, Stephen says, well, he's, that's not his name. You know what I mean? That's not what he's been going by for all yeah, these years. Yeah. But he says something like, all I know is my name is Stephen. I can't, he doesn't, he can't remember where, you Jesus. know, his address. He can't remember his last name. He says, I think it's, I think he actually said, yeah, I think he says, I think it's Stainer. So they look him up and they're like, holy fuck. What? You're this kid that's been missing for seven goddamn years. Holy shit. So, gr- girl, you're not even a girl. Okay, so. <laughs> you're not even a girl. <laughs> by daybreak on March 2nd, 1980, Kenneth has been arrested on suspicion of abducting both boys. After the police checked into his background, they found a previous sodomy conviction from uh, 1951. Jesus. Both children were now reunited, re- reunited? reunited with their families that day. And in 1981, Kenneth was tried and convicted of kidnapping both of them in two separate trials. He was sentenced to, what do you think? It better have been fucking a thousand years or the death penalty. Do you see how many papers I have to go that this isn't even the end of the story? I figure like his brother's got some crazy He was sentenced to seven years. Seven? Seven years. What? I will also say that Stephen denied the... sexual sexual stuff stuff because he didn't want his dad to know and he was like really ashamed and like really in his head about it i know awful i mean i get it even after he fucking and he saved that little boy yeah okay so he was a badass kenneth was sentenced to seven years that's remarkable paroled after serving five for good behavior jesus how about that that's fucked he's just gonna do it again so Do do we hear about this guy again there, yep. Okay. Somewhere, yep, yep, yep. I hope this isn't going to be too long. Okay. Oh, that's fine. So, something that I will say, his older brother, who I'm about to get into, which I said, you know, I was going to talk about uh-huh. the brothers, Carrie, um, he was 11 at the time that his brother was abducted, and he was very deeply upset about his brother's disappearance, and I read this quote where he said, I remember going out one night after Stephen disappeared and wishing on a star that my brother would come back home. He said, I did that almost every clear night from then on until Steve finally came back home. I never did tell anybody about it, but I remember wishing on a star that my little brother would come back home. Oh, bud. You know, Steven's home. Yeah. Miraculously. So, I mean, I can only imagine being parents of a child who's been missing for that long. Jesus. To then have your child come home from the age of seven leaving at the age of seven and returning at the age of 14 yeah totally different kid yes he was a kid that was leading a life where he was able to do whatever he wanted and he was smoking and he was drinking yeah so things didn't go great for steven when he returned home mm-hmm. as you can imagine he was teased in school over the sexual abuse he endured so much that it eventually got him to drop out oh, no. it was a thing that like 
it's a lot it's messy there's just so much with all of this stuff that i can't give every detail sure. but it was something that he denied 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 and then eventually like did have to yeah and obviously it got around and you know he even said that after his father found out he felt like he would never look him in the eye again when he found out that his really son, yeah which I'm like, it's not his fucking fault. He was a fucking baby. All, I mean, and even if it, even if he did want to, well, I don't. I'm not even getting into all that. Mm-mm. Okay, so, um, so yeah, he was teased in school over the sexual abuse he endured so much that he eventually dropped out, and things weren't much better at home. He was raised by his kidnapper, as I said, to feel free to drink and smoke as he pleased, and then he returned to this healthy, normal home life. Um, which often put him at odds with his parents. Yeah. He actually publicly questioned if everyone would have been better off had he never come home. And allegedly at the behest of his father declined to seek counseling. Because of his dad said he didn't need it? Yes. God damn it, dad. Yeah. Uh, there's a quote from him that says, I returned almost a grown up and yet my parents saw me at a, at first, as their seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. After they stopped trying to teach me the fundamentals all over again, it got better. But why doesn't my dad hug me anymore? Everything has changed. Sometimes I blame myself. I don't know. Sometimes, if I should have come home, would I have been better off if I didn't? God damn. And then there was the thing, like I said, that he initially sought out counseling. And then his dad was like, you don't need counseling. You're good. And like... Oh, yes, he did. He needed the counseling. Things actually got so bad at the house that his dad kicked him out. So you have your son on, that dad. you didn't have for seven years. Can't handle back it. Back home. Can't after fathom this the trauma. Traumatic. Oh my god, the fucking trauma. And I did read that maybe it was like back and forth. He was in and out of the house because he wasn't. This, he wasn't like, used to living like a kid. And and he didn't have. He wasn't in that structure mindset anymore. He was smoking and drinking and doing whatever he wanted. You know, from seven to 14. I hope that him and his brother just unite and fucking kill Kenneth. So eventually, as Steven entered his early 20s, things finally started to look up. I'm really flowing through his life now. But he was living what seemed to be a more stable, stable life. He got married to a woman named Jody Edmondson and had two children. He was trained to become a security officer. I, I saw that he was going into police work. I don't know if he actually got into it or if he was still training. Um, they had joined a church. But he also had a lot of struggles. I was going to say, he'd be, in his, he'd be in his 50s. No. Now, if he was born in the 60s. When he entered his early 20s. Oh, so in the state of his... in his Okay, my bad, my bad. This is like... Just, this is kind of the round off for him. He was 14 when okay. he came back home. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. He still was struggling a lot, and from what I saw, he was drinking a lot still, and he would drive drunk a lot. So on September 16th, 1989, he was leaving his work, which, weirdly enough, was Pizza Hut that we (laughs) We had had tonight. And his friends were like, maybe you shouldn't drive, because it was a stormy night. And he'd been drinking, and they were like, eh. And he was like, I'm fine. Up there I got hut. it. And apparently his helmet had been stolen, so he didn't even have a helmet on. Oh, he drove a motorcycle? Uh-huh. Oh, no, dude. So he left, and he was hit, like, head-on in a hit-and-run accident with his motorcycle, and he was killed at the age of 24 years old. After all oh, 
Dude. of that shit. Oh, that sucks. He was then that sucks killed in a hit and run at 24 years old. And he had two little babies and a wife. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what the fuck are you doing? What is this? There's what is this? So one? much more. This is, might be a really long episode, guys. I apologize. So I gave you, like, I guess where he's at. I also wanted to give, like, a little update on Timothy, the little boy that he rescued. Yes, that sweet kid. Yeah. Also not that great. But Timothy became... <laughs> he became a deputy sheriff. Sheriff. Sheriff? That's a new branch in the force. A shepherd and dare chief. That's, that's <laughs> not some Space Force <laughs> shit. <laughs> he became a deputy sheriff and advocated and spoke against... Out against child sexual abuse. He had a wife and two kids. What do you mean had? He even forgave his teenage cap, uh, kidnapper. Kidnapper? Kidnapper. This week on We Drink and We Know Things, you're making up a bunch of fucking words. God damn it. He forgave his... Ki- <laughs> he forgave his teenage kidnapper. Nailed it. Sean Poorman, you know, the one who helped Kenneth. Yeah. And they actually even publicly made peace with a hug, which I'm like, the fuck. I guess because he didn't even like. Like I would hug him, and then I would also knee him in well, the fucking. Well, he was only there groin. for like a little bit. If, Imagine what could yeah. have happened. Oh God, I know. April first, two thousand ten, at the age of thirty-five, he had a pulmonary embolism that took his life. Damn. So poor Timothy didn't even make it past the age of thirty-five. But he got. He had a good life while he had to have. While he got one. Also, when. Um, Steven died. Mm-hmm. He was one of the pallbearers and c- helped carry his. Timothy was? Timothy helped carry Steven's oh. casket because he's like, he oh, no. saved me. Steven yeah. even like carried him on his back when they were like fleeing because the little boy was only he's a baby. five yeah. and so scared oh, and crying. And he even helped carry his casket. Also, one of the also. Stop with the also. Also, also <laughs> one of the also. Something else that he did was. He ended up being like a witness or or somebody who stood against Kenneth because Good. in 2004, Kenneth, at 72 years old, was convicted of trying to persuade his nurse to procure for him a young boy for $500. And the nurse was like, mm, that's not cool. I know your past and contacted the police. And then Timmy went and subpoenaed to testify in Kenneth's criminal trial although steven was dead steven's testimony at kenneth's earlier trial trial was read to jurors as evidence in his 2004 trial kenneth this i have more to go this is just summing up this but kenneth died of natural causes on january 21st 2008 at the california medical facility in california you know what while serving a 25 years to life so he got seven years the, the no, first no, no. time. No, no, no. Yeah, he got the fuck. He he served nothing for actually kidnapping two children, one of which oh, he kept for guy. seven years. The second was just the attempt. Yeah, and he got twenty five yeah. years to life, which is better than he fucking deserved. How much? It's still our better judicial than system he, has changed. He shouldn't get. He shouldn't have got to die as an old fucking man. He shouldn't. At have least he was to. back in prison. That's I fuck all that. I, I don't say. care. Fuck him. Well, he shouldn't have ever. He, he should have gotten, gotten out. I mean, fuck. He could have done a lot of more damage. You keep a, you kidnap a child for seven years. Yeah. And you don't even spend that Piece many in prison. Shit. That poor kid spent that many in prison. Yeah. In your prison. And yeah. You don't even get that. Way fucking worse. Ugh. All right, let's get to the okay. brother, man. So. 
Talk to me about this brother. So, Carrie Stainer is Stephen's brother. Yes. During the years that Stephen was missing, Carrie's life continued on as it does. But it was never the same. According to the Berkeley Daily Planet, the 11-year-old, the then 11-year-old felt responsible for his brother's disappearance and felt forgotten by his parents who were consumed by their son's kidnapping, mm-hmm. which I think I mentioned earlier. They were very... They were all about looking for him all yes, the time. Yes, very yeah. removed from that family atmosphere at this point. Mm-hmm. In high school, Carrie was known for being creative, but he couldn't escape Stephen's story. Carrie saw the attention that his brother received after returning home, and the relationship was never the same. He, quote, says, We never really got along that well after he came back. All of a sudden, Steve was getting all these gifts, getting all these clothing, getting all this attention. I guess I was jealous. I'm sure I was. I was the oldest and all that. Then all of a sudden, it's gone. I got put on the back burner, you might say. This is what he told to a filmmaker who wrote a screenplay about Stephen's abduction. Also, he was interviewed by maybe that guy for... Because there's a lot of stuff that... Like, movies and and stuff like this made about Stephen's abduction. And in one interview, he... I don't know if I've mentioned it yet, but Carrie was good at art. And one of the, the dudes interviewing him was like, your art is really good. Why don't you try to, like send it off to a thing a college to try to get you know in somewhere and he was like no it's that it's not good i would never but you know just like totally no no belief in himself yeah so moving forward carrie seems to have maintained a quiet unexceptional existence for the next several years okay Then one day in 1996 a co-worker where he was working went out into the yard of Oh, something I forgot to fucking mention, which is so fucking huge, is that he Don't forget the huge stuff. also said that he was molested by this is this is Carrie. Carrie. We're move we're yeah. not on Steven, but that he had said that he had been molested by their uncle Jesse. Jesse. Not from Full House. <laughs> <laughs> but that he had been molested by his uncle Jesse. And at right before this He's, when he's older, he's living with this uncle. And at some point, he comes home to, quote unquote, find that Uncle Jesse has been murdered. What the Uncle fuck, Jesse though? has been shot and murdered and killed. When he's living with Uncle Jesse. Yes. And Uncle Jesse's molesting him, too. He had in the past, but it was never like. On the, you know, but he still fucking molested him. Yes. So I don't know where up. it came up, when it came up. So. And it remained unsolved. It's still unsolved. Whoa. But that is something to keep in mind. So that's something that happened So his to him. Uncle Jesse got him this job where I'm talking about right now. Uncle so Jesse's in, still alive at this point? No. He, okay. at the, where I'm at right now, he's been he's murdered. Dead. Wow. Unsolved. Still unsolved. One day in 1996, a co-worker went out into the yard of... It's Merced, M-E-R-C-E-D, I don't, yeah. I'm probably saying it wrong, Merced, Glass, and Mirror, to find Carrie slamming his fist against a piece of wood and bleeding from cuts on his hand. He's just over there punching the shit out of this piece of wood. Okay. He apparently said, quote, 
He felt like he was having a breakdown and said he was all nervous and didn't know why. He then said he felt like getting in his truck, driving into the office, and killing everyone in there and torching the place. Okay. So at this point... He didn't do that though, right? Carrie's boss drove him to a psychiatric center where he spoke with a therapist and... That's a good fucking boss right there. I know, right? That's a good fucking boss. And well, being a, somebody who worked for the fam, like, because it was like a family thing, I mm-hmm. think, and like that, he's probably like, your yeah. uncle, what? I don't know. Uncle Jesse died. I just, all I can think of is Full House. I Same. literally fucking can't. So anyway, at this, he never went to back to his job after this. And he told former co- co-workers that he was thinking of moving to Santa Cruz to pursue a cartooning career. Okay. So there was also, at some point, I don't know exactly when, as I'm reading this, even though I know the story, it just gets more ridiculous. But he really surprised friends and family members by claiming that he had seen Bigfoot. Oh. <laughs> yes. That's um, a big point of his story is that he... No, but it just... Well, it comes back into play, but he talked I about... I swear to God, if Carrie gets killed by Bigfoot, I'm out, His bro. cousin said, quote, he talked about Bigfoot all the time. He absolutely knew that it existed. You couldn't have told him anything different. Mm-hmm. So just, there's that little thing. Jump to February 14th, 1999, which I find... Valentine's Day? Yes. God damn it. Another Valentine's Day. I mean, it wasn't his brother that was um, abducted on Valentine's Day, but the other the other little boy yeah, was. Yeah. It's just a weird coincidence. Weird. Yeah. Very weird. So in 1997... Uh, he started working as a handyman at the Cedar Lodge Motel in El Portal, uh, just out the highway, just outside the Highway 140 Arc Rock entrance to Yosemite National Park. Sure. Which is where we're at now. Okay. Okay. So he's working at a, he's working at a lodge. Yes, as a handyman. Handy guy. So, on February fourteenth, nineteen ninety nine, which is also fucking weird because it's also Valentine's Day yeah. again, Jesus. which shows up twice in this. Yeah, story, that's fucked up. In two different fucking scenarios nothing He's, nice happened the first valentine's day so no he stalked young he stalked four young girls stalked them stalked jesus them uh staying at the cedar lodge but he backed off again because they he he saw that they were accompanied by a man so he was like oh, all right no okay the next night he zeroed in on carol's son and her two teenage daughters after spying them through their window at the lodge. Does he have any history of being a, a creepy fuck before this? N- he has no... Nothing that Nothing you other find. than, like, um, maybe some drug charges. Yeah. But no. Nothing like nothing like this. Oh, Carrie. Why well, didn't even say anything? Why are you thinking that's going to happen? Why is he stalking women, dude? Nothing good is going to happen. I'm just saying that he was doing it. I didn't say anything happened. Yeah, that's, well, <laughs> I've listened to this podcast before. Well, according to his confession tape. Oh, because there's one of those. Uh-huh. Made in the Sacramento FBI office. FBI. Some stuff. Okay. He knocked on the window, or window? He knocked on the door of Carol's hotel room where her and these two girls were at, and he mm-hmm. was like, hey, I'm a maintenance man. I really, I need to get in there because there's a leak. And it, she was like. Mm, no like had only opened it probably with like the chain or whatever it was like sure uh no um good and he's like no come on like i'm i'm the handyman i just need to come in there it's been i've done this with a lot of rooms i just need to come in there and and check this leak and she's like "Mm, 
I don't think so. Like, yeah. maybe I don't. This is weird. Keep that. I hope that that's and he's just all like, that happens. Okay, fine. I'm just gonna go get the manager, and we'll get you guys in a new room because I've I've been getting I've been able to get into all the other rooms. So at this point, she's like, okay, fine, come in. Fatal mistake. He went into the bathroom and pretended to work on like a fan or some shit, while the teenage the two little girls were. Or teenage girls were on the bed watching Jerry Maguire, apparently. Show me the money. He came out of the bathroom. I realized it wasn't the time to be funny just now, Probably so not. I stopped. He came out of the bathroom with a gun, telling him that he was desperate, and he bound and gagged all of oh, them with duct tape and put the girls in the bathroom. Oh, no. He first strangled Carol with a three-foot piece of rope, which he said took five minutes. Jesus. He said, quote, I didn't realize how hard it is to strangle a person. And then he said, quote, it's not easy. I had very little feeling. It was like performing a task. After stuffing her into the trunk of her rented Pontiac Grand Prix. God damn Because she was there on a trip. Yeah. So he put her in the trunk of her rental. He ripped What about the girls, though? Cut off all the clothing of the two girls after he brought them back out of the bathroom. He tried to get them to perform sex acts on each other. Jesus Christ, it, they're sisters. Oh, I didn't mention that. So, did I say sisters? They're yeah, not. you said they were her daughters. Oh, sorry. So, the one girl is her daughter. The other one is a foreign exchange student who's living with them. Oh, and that's the reason that they fuck, are dude. at... Uh, this thing, wherever they are. This Yes. Resort place. Because... They want, she wanted her to be able to see, like, all these American, like, destinations Places, yeah. before she went back to her country. So, that's not her daughter. She's just here as, like, a Jesus. foreign exchange student. Okay. Sorry. Forgot to mention that. So much better, right? So. Yeah, it's still pretty terrible. He tried to get them to perform sex acts on each other, but he became so irritated by Sylvania's sobbing. That was the one... The that was a foreign exchange student. girl that he led her into the bathroom oh, no. put her into the bathtub and strangled her to death god damn it so then he bring oh julie's still out there and he does more sexual assaults on her he ends up taking her into another room he ends up taking julie into another room where he sexually assaults her more and he goes back into the other room and takes Sylvie, Sylvania. i hope i'm saying her name right and puts her in the trunk with Carol. Jesus. Yes. Um, he said, quote, It felt like I was in control for the first time in my life. During the six-hour ordeal, Julie asked him if he was going to kill her. And he said he didn't reply. And so then he ends up taking Julie and putting her bound and whatever, gagged, bound and duct tape into the front seat with the two bodies of her mom and her friend in the back seat or in the trunk yes he makes the room that her mom and them were in look like they had their stay he wet towels and put them on the floor he dropped the room key on the floor so it looked like they left and that they had like gotten ready taken showers blah 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 so he leaves with julie in the passenger seat bound and the two dead her mother and her yeah. friend, essentially, in the trunk. Jesus. He wraps Julie in a pink blanket and put her in the rental car where he drove off. So he did wrap her in a blanket. Um, whatever. He said, quote, I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing. I just kept driving and driving. Along the way, Julie told him that her name was Sarah. So he didn't, she didn't tell, he was, oh, so he took her duct tape off 
and like started to have like some fucking small talk with her. She's at this time thinking that her mom and her friend are still alive. She doesn't she know that know. they're dead because he put her in a different room. Jeez. And he's like having small talk with her. And I guess he asks her name and she lies and says her name is Sarah. Which, good for her, even at that point. To have any kind of I'm not even going to let him know my name. He said, quote, she was a very likable girl. She was very calm. So then they eventually got to Lake Don Pedro, just east of Modesto. He parked, carried her up a trail, and placed her on the ground. She was still bound by tape. He said, quote, I told her I wished I could keep her. Jesus Christ. And he sexually assaulted her again. Oh, bro, you sick then he brushed her hair, fanned it out on the ground beneath her head. He said, quote, I told her I loved her. Bleh. And then. I know what he does next. He cut her throat. It says she made a hand gesture to him, which he interpreted as her asking him to finish her off. He looked away while she died over the next 15 to 20 seconds. Oh, fucking he said, Jesus, quote, I didn't want her to suffer the way the other two did. <sighs> right? Okay, you fucking nasty, stupid fucking. This is Sorry. not the life that I saw for Carrie. This is not the direction I saw. I thought this was going to go. Well, leaving her body lying on her brush, he drove the car with the bodies of Carol um, and Slovena in the trunk to Long Barn, left it, returned two days later. With a gas of, ca- almost had a gas of cannoline. <laughs> God damn it! Why do I do that? Words a are hard. can of gasoline, scratched in the hood of the car. "Quote: We have Sarah," because he thought that her name was Sarah. her name was Sarah. Jesus, trying to I guess throw him off throw the trail. Throw the police off. He lit the car on fire and fled. The months after this, they. They don't know who who's done this, whatever. They finally end up finding the car. Okay. With the remains, I would think. Well, so they were all the 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 two girls and the mother were supposed to arrive at an airport on this travel that they were doing, and they didn't. And that obviously rose suspicion. And the you know husband da da da. I'm not going to go into all sure. the sure. all of that because there's just so much in this story. But the FBI started to bring in a lot of drug pushers as their prime suspects in this killing, you know, and they made this announcement that they believed that they had found the killers, which this is fucking nuts. So I'm not going to, I don't have all the details, but basically, so like a little card holder of hers had been found and it had like, I think it had like her, her ID in it, but it was like nowhere near the crime scene and uh. stuff, but there was a credit card missing. And so they, like, tracked this credit card uh-huh. to see if there was, like, transactions being happened. And there were. And the FBI centered their investigation on two suspects from Modesto. There were two ex-convicts and meth addicts who had violent run-ins with police in the days after all of this stuff had happened. Sure. Michael Larwick and his half-brother, Eugene Dykes, were both being held in Modesto County Jail on charges of apparently shooting a Modesto police officer. But then they were like, wait, why do you have her? They were the ones that had her credit card. And they tie it to them. And they're like, what, how, blah, blah, blah. The one dude, I don't know which one, one of them confesses and says, yeah, I did it. What the fuck? Yeah, I, I killed the th- those three women. Why the fuck would you do that? Uh, 
Why the fuck? I don't fucking know. What the fuck? So he confesses, saying that they did it. Yeah. And even the other guy's like, no, we fucking did it. And he's like, no, yeah, we did. And, like, even tries to give, like, statements. And they're like, okay, well, tell us what happened. Give us details. And the details don't match up. And they're like, the fuck? And my information here is a little hazy because I don't know if they kept them. But basically, they were like, we got the guys. They're the ones who did it. Which we know, as of right now, what I've said is they weren't the ones who did it. (sighs) Basically, in June of that year, the FBI Sacramento office said, quote, we have all the main players in jail, but we're in no rush to charge them. But they're thinking, we got the guys. Yeah. It's cool. Nobody needs to worry. Oh, I I didn't mention this before, but Carol and Silvina were found in the trunk of the car, burned, and their bodies were identified by dental records. And after that, they hadn't found Julie's body. You know, they hadn't found her yet. So they saw, like, hope that maybe she was alive. And these two guys were in custody. But it wasn't too far off from the... Not too far. Right. No. But... Yeah. I mean, but then the two guys that were in custody, you know, they were thinking, well, okay, so they had these two guys in custody, but then fucking Carrie sends a note to the police with a hand-drawn map with the location of Julie's body because it hadn't been found with a thing that said, quote, we had fun with this one. We. Yeah, he's trying to make it seem like it's like a A multiple. organization or something. So investigators went to the location on the map and found her remains whose throat had been cut you know so at that point they start interviewing employees of the cedar lodge motel where the first three victims had been staying prior to their death sure one of these employees was carrie stainer he's still working there then Mm -hmm. but he was not considered a suspect at this point because he had no criminal history and remained super calm during the police interview creepy dirty bastard he is not being tied to these three murders. He's living his life. Sure. On July 21st, Joey Armstrong arrived at the Yosemite Institute around 8 a.m. And we don't know this guy. This is a girl. Okay. We don't know this. We don't know her. Nope. Okay. Her boyfriend and her other roommate were away. And aware of the three tourists at the Cedar Lodge that had been murdered, she had told colleagues at the Institute that she'd kind of worried about spending an eye alone at her isolated sure. cabin. Yeah. Just before dusk on this, like, next day after she had stayed there, she as she packed up her car for her trip to where she was going, a blue and white International Scout came down the dirt road toward her house and stopped. According to his confession, yeah, because he sucks, Carrie stepped out of his vehicle and approached Joey and her pickup truck and said hello. So she was, like, loading up her truck to go meet her boyfriend and her friends. Yeah. Carrie apparently attempted to put the girl at ease by asking if she'd ever seen Bigfoot in the area. He was saying, I once saw Bigfoot over here in this spot. Um, You know, I was just wondering if you had anybody else in there, if you guys have seen Bigfoot. You know, I would like to talk to any, like, have you ever seen Bigfoot? And she's like, no. You know, being friendly. And he's like, well or any of your other roommates home or whatever and he's like she was like no i'm the only one here he was like oh i would have loved to talk to them about it at this point he realized she was alone he pulled a gun on her and ordered her inside the cabin where he bound her hands and gagged her with duct tape he ordered her back outside 
shoved her into the front seat of his scout and began to drive back up the road. But at this God time, damn, at this time, Joey was able to attempt an escape. Hey, get it. Um, at a parking area where the dirt track from her cabin joined the road, she managed to open up the door and get like out of the car. She staggered to her feet, began running through the brush and trees. You a bad motherfucker, Joey. Uh, and she was going toward a cabin where apparently friends lived. I don't know. But him being so much bigger than her and her being bound, he was able to get her. God damn it. And he grabbed her from behind, drew a knife, and cut her throat. Oh, He fuck. continued to slash at her throat until he decapitated I her. knew you were going to put a goddamn decapitation I in I actually this forgot shit. there was a de- decapitation in this Jeez, one. Jeez, every fucking podcast, I swear to God. So he then dumped her body in a drainage ditch and discarded her head like 40 feet away. Jesus Christ. This dude, though. From zero to 100, though. Am I right? I mean... Golly, man. It's almost like what your story, like where it's just like, Things can be cool to the point where they're, they're just, just like, what the not- fuck? Yeah. When the decapitated body of Joey Armstrong was found, eyewitnesses said that they saw a blue 1979 International Scout parked outside the cabin where Armstrong was staying. That's Joey. That's her last name. Uh, detectives tracked this vehicle to Carrie. This caused him to become the prime suspect in the case. FBI agents John Bowles and Jeff Reineck found Carrie staying at Get this, Laguna del Sol nudist resort. Oh. Where he was arrested and taken to Sacramento for questioning. Where he shockingly confessed to Joey's de- decapitation as well as the other three murders. And he also confessed to sending the map to which to find Julie's body. Um, his vehicle yielded evidence proving his link to Joey. Sure. He claimed after his arrest that he had been fantasizing about murdering women since he was seven years old. Wow. Which was even before before his brother was even abducted. Carey pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. His lawyers claimed that the Stainer family had a history of sexual abuse and mental illness manifesting itself not only in the murders, but also his obsessive compulsive disorder and his request to be, oh, I forgot about this, but he, when he was interrogated, he asked in his interrogation that if he told the truth, if he said, like, what all happened, he was like, well, can I get pictures of young girls and videos of young girls? And the detective was like, you mean child pornography? And he's like, no, I mean, like, I know you've worked a lot of cases and stuff, but, like, that's what I want. What the fuck? He asked for child pornography he asked the cops for child porn in return to not have like i guess such a hard sentence which i have like quotes from him during that he said something like oh this was the quote you work all kinds of cases i'd like to see pictures of little girls and the detective said child pornography and he said he wouldn't call it what it was just again said you know pictures and videos of little girls he said he thought we might have such evidence stored in the building. Like a- asking them to fucker. like, yeah. But also it was said that he had obsessive compulsive disorder and, or I might have already said that. Dr. Jose Arturo Silva testified that 
He had mild autism, obsessive compulsive disorder. Well, they mentioned that twice. And paraphilia, which is abnormal, abnormal sexual desires technically involving extreme or dangerous activity. But he also had this other thing when he was a kid where he would pull out his, it's like a disease where you pull out your yeah, hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. He would pull out his hair and his eyebrows and like his eyelashes. stressed or whatever. And he just like always did it. He, oh, so he like okay. always wore like a baseball cap because uh-huh. he always did that as well, which was like a weird little thing, thing or yeah. whatever. Carrie was actually then found sane and convicted of four counts of first degree murder Good. by a jury on August 27th, 2002. In 2002, during the penalty phase of his trial, he was sentenced to death and thereafter entered uh, housing in the Adjustment Center on in death California, row. though. Yeah, I know. Wait, yeah. Uh, so he was entered in the um, Adjustment Center on death row at San Quentin in California. And he remains on death row because there's literally been no executions in California since 2006. Yeah. Uh, because of a court ruling finding flaws in the administration of capital punishment in the state. So he would be, I think, 59 years old this year. And I know that was fucking long, but... It's just so crazy. I couldn't do them separately. Yeah. You had this horrible... I mean, you almost could... Like, you almost could have. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, but like... It's crazy that they were brothers. Such remarkable stories. And there was three three other siblings. There's three other girls. That just hopefully had just okay lives. Yeah, I didn't really look into that. Those, but I mean, anybody still connected. Like, because you almost have like a redemption story with Steven. You know, he escapes this and that, gets his life together, gets married, has kids. He's in this horrible yeah. situation. But then dies in a drunk driving accident. seven years after he's captive. Yeah. Finds his finds way home. Finds some courage to be like, he he went out with that little child to save that kid, thinking, There's I'm going to be on the streets. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to be on the street. I don't have a yeah. family. Because he in his head, his parents are separated. He doesn't know where his mom is. His, all the siblings have been yeah. put to other homes. His father's dead. And he thought, None of which you know, was the case. fuck it. I've done this. I've gotten through this. I'm not going to let this little boy go through this same shit again. Yeah. Which is so brave and amazing. No, it's badass. It's just so tragic how nobody for real had a happy ending. I know. I mean, Carrie's story was his own. You know, like he really was But you, I, you know, thing, I, you, you know? have to think like... I'm sure it all affected him greatly, but he was his, fucked up. Yeah, you know? if his brother hadn't been abducted... Who knows? Would he still have gone down the same path? Who knows? It's so fucking wild, and that's why I feel like I had to tell the whole thing together because it's like, this is one family. Yeah. They have a child abducted. Okay, it's one thing. It's one thing to are have, parents, have a are child. Are the parents still alive? Um, I doubt it. I, mean, I know be... the dad's not. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. But it's one thing in your lifetime to have a child that's abducted. Okay. Right. Then to have a child that's abducted that you get back yeah. after seven fucking years. But then you have a child that ends up being a serial killer. I mean, that's so insane yeah. for one family yeah. to endure. I just couldn't get past the fact that Stephen and Timothy both died. Well. That's fucking sad. It is. And that motherfucker got to die an old man. That's bullshit. Who? Kenneth. Yeah, but, but fucking 
um, Carrie's still alive. Yeah, on death row in San Quentin. Forever. He's never going to be yeah. executed because they life, don't. Yeah. They don't do it yeah. anymore. Unless something, yeah, who knows. I mean, isn't that... Well, Kenneth did end up back in prison. Yeah, but it's not enough. No! It's not enough. He didn't even get in... He didn't even get... He didn't even stay in prison for the amount of time that he imprisoned fucking... Yeah. That poor Steven, child. Yeah. Well, another light went over here. We drink. I know. Podcast. I'm sorry. G-man-y. When I listened to, I think I listened to like a two part podcast. It was the first time I had ever heard about it, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, doing that." There's that. <laughs> it's insane. Well, folks, let us know what you think. Thank you yeah. guys so much for listening. Sorry if this was extra heavy. Yeah, and appreciate you hanging through with us. Hopefully, we'll see you again real soon. Uh, well, we won't see you, but maybe we'll hear from you. Well, you never know. Email us. Email us. Hit us up. All right. Thanks, guys. We got to get out of here. Holy shit. This is too much. All right. Goodbye now. I need a drink. Same. Bye.